Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Friday and it's the NBA nine game slate tonight to end the work week for you guys. Even though we're all looking forward to NFL wildcard weekend as well. Friday night still has a solid slate of games here in this one. We're taking a look at the Pacers playing host to the Hawks. They will be without Tyrese Halliburton. uh, So we're probably going to try to pick on them. Also got another game video up and our player prop. So make sure to continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this regular season. Also want you to head to the lines.com. That's where we put up all this great stuff in written form as well. Also have our odds finder tool on there you can use that to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all these bets you make in the uh, across u.s sports books this nba season i should say nate let's go ahead and jump into this nine game slate and then talk pacers and hawks yeah it starts with your knicks looking to stay hot they're minus four and a half at washington the hawks are minus two and a half at indy as you mentioned yeah halliburton's gonna be out for two weeks it looks like a couple other guys questionable uh pelicans minus five at detroit of course, still without Zion. The Warriors minus eight and a half at the Spurs with Steph Curry back. The Suns, very shorthanded, are plus five and a half at mini. Uh, Thunder made us proud, beating the Sixers in Philly last night. They're, but they're plus five on a back-to-back here in Chicago. Orlando is plus five in Utah. Uh, the Rockets are plus 10 in Sacramento in an immediate rematch there. And then the other game we break down, looks like wrong team favored. Um, Clippers minus two and a half at home against the Nuggets um, with the Joker questionable but expected to play. So looking at Hawks Pacers here. Yeah, Halliburton's out. We know Uh, they also have Turner and O'Shea Brissett and Aaron Nesmith questionable and Miles Turner being probably the most key of those guys. He's dealing with back spasms. Um, and if he's not able to go or go at his his highest level, you know, they're they're going to struggle down low. Without Turner, they gave up 119 to the Knicks two nights ago and 33 free throws, lost the rebounding battle. They only gave up 38 paint points, which is really strange, but, I mean, maybe that's just the way the Knicks are playing right now with Jalen Brunson carving teams up in the mid-range. Um, and, and the Knicks did hit 15 threes, and, and they won despite losing the assist-to-turnover ba- ratio badly. And that's really the key thing for the Pacers, right, is they win assist-to-turnover. They, they have great team ball movement and, and a high assist to field goal ratio because of Tyrese Halliburton. And you like look anywhere on their offense and it's driven by Halla baby, Josh's boy um, that they, they're number one in fast break points, third in assist to field goal ratio, fifth and threes. Uh, he can get hot himself. He can find guys. And so without him, we do expect the offense to tail off a little bit, but they've only played one game without him this season. And it was a weird win over Golden State in Golden State who had everybody. But, you know, we won't get into that. The point is, going back to last season, they had lost five straight without him uh, with a negative 8.5 net rating, a 108 offensive rating. So the fact that I mean, these teams have gone over in nine straight meetings, there's a lot to, to indicate another over. If you just look at like the, the previous history or the trend that the Hawks go over as road favorites, whatever, but I'm re- really trying to zig and zag here and take under 238. I think it's, it is a sharp play because Halliburton's out, uh, because Trey Young missed a game with illness and we don't know how effective he will be. DeJounte Murray has struggled. The Hawks <clears throat> have struggled, are the worst three point shooting team in the league this year. Um, and neither of these teams are getting to the free throw line at a very good clip. 
So the Hawks not probably not going to be able to take advantage of the Pacers the same way the Knicks did. And the, the Pacers, surprisingly, uh, even with Miles Turner out for that last game, they have the number one defensive efficiency rating over the last three games. That's against the Knicks, Hornets, and Blazers. Those games are averaging just 221. Um, and they're seventh in opponents' two-point percentage. So if the Hawks can't hit threes and they're not getting it going in the mid-range, I don't see either team scoring a lot here. Uh, but I think we lean towards the Hawks, assuming Trey is, is ruled in. And we, we see his props up this morning, so he's he's probably coming back. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I would worry. I, I probably would love the Pacers in this game, to be honest, if Halliburton was playing. Um, the, they're going to continue to play at the pace that they play. Uh, we even saw that in, the, in when he went out against the Knicks. Obviously, they needed to make a comeback, but that, that's how they play, especially in the second half. They just look to wear you down, wear you down. But really, when we say they, we, we mean Halliburton, right? I, they, they play the same way uh, in their second unit in terms of the same pace uh, and the same style of play. So it's not like when Halliburton's not on the floor, the Pacers change their identity. Um, but they're not going to have the tool that they need, which is Halliburton, to be able to pull off uh, what they do, which is everything you said you know, about their offense is, is completely correct. I, I don't believe in their defense. Um, I, I do believe in the the sort of lack of pace that we've seen at times uh, with them in these lower scoring games, even against a team uh, like like the Hornets. Um, and, and that Blazers game was a, a solid game for them as well, but that they're also, they've been struggling a bit on uh, on offense. Need a Dame to give them 50 last night uh, to be able to, uh, to even try to hang with the Cavs, and they ended up not being able to do that despite his 50. So that kind of tells you where their offense is at, uh, despite kind of what we thought. But that that it's, I'm speaking more, you know, against the Pacers defense and really against their opponents offenses as of late than I am their defense so I'm just bringing this all around to say like if they don't score points uh, then they don't win and and without Halliburton since last season you mentioned it's just like a five or six game uh, span including this season but um, they do score about 11 fewer points in that time frame um, and they make about two less threes Uh, they get to the free throw line a couple less times so everything that they do scoring points in the paint you know they can do that in droves for sure uh, when when you look at how they score and either in transition it's a lot of threes or layups uh, that are that are created by Halliburton, obviously the assist guy that we know him to be this season um, with actually an incredible assist to turnover ratio as well, considering that he's got more than 10 a game uh, and he's actually got you know a two to one uh, assist to turnover ratio, which is huge for them. Uh, they, they do give up uh, points off of turnovers, which I'd, I'd be a little bit maybe less worried about because I don't think TJ McConnell is going to be as fast moving with the ball or at least not as able to get to the rim the way Halliburton can and, and carve up the defenses, get into the paint. Um, he, he's good and slithery for sure, uh, and he's a solid backup point guard. Uh, but this this offense runs on that, and without the defense there to back it up, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling too too uh, you know uh, optimistic uh, about what they're going to do in this game. And and the, the Miles Turner factor as well. Like I do think you can expect him to be putting up a bit more threes. Capella is out, um, but John Collins was probably going to get that matchup anyway. The only reason I don't like Capella being out is because they would have probably dominated these boards if he was in, and then I could feel even more comfortable about just saying minus two, just book it. Um, but I already feel really good about it in, in Trey's return, especially without much of a, a stopper for him, which, you know, Tyrese Halliburton would have been a lot, at least better to do better at, at doing uh, than anybody that's left on this team right now. And they had won four straight against Indy before losing um, at home on December 27th. You know, the Hawks still were amidst their funk there. I mean, it's not to say that they've turned the corner here at all. They are two and two and two in their last four road games here with some, decent offensive numbers and and Bogdanovich starting to come around 
I mean, the Pacers have a great bench. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, guys like like McConnell, yeah, Matherin, and and the other rookie Nemhart are are gonna step up here. And we do preach caution and in, in saying the first game out, the first game the best players out. You know, attacking that other team so much. Uh, but I do think we'll see some offensive struggles down the stretch. So if you are a little wary about backing the Hawks, I think the under does make sense. They've gone under in three of their last four, uh, with uh, playing at a one hundred pace, which is slower than the recent meetings have been. Uh, and I mean, they're seventh in opponents, three point percentage. So how are the Pacers going to score, you know, with those, with those guys out there, Benny Matz is going to be shooting a lot of threes, et cetera. Uh, and, and will they be able to score? And the Hawks struggle to score down the stretch. They're 24th and fourth quarter points. Indy, interestingly, number one at home in fourth quarter points, but Tyrese Alliburton has a 45% assist rate and a 122 offensive rating in the fourth quarter of the season. So without him, will they be able to keep it going? Probably not. This is maybe an opportunity to do a live under if it does start to look high scoring at the beginning or or bet that uh, before the game even starts. Yeah, I'm with it. And it, you, you bring up the uh, the fourth quarter. Yeah, they're, they're incredible, especially at home uh, in the fourth quarter. But then I would urge you to look at the third quarter uh, where they're actually one of the worst teams in the league uh, in, in terms of net rating at a negative 5.4. Their offensive rating is all the way down to uh, 113 and they play at 100.5 pace, which sounds like it's not too slow, except for compared to uh, other quarters, including the fourth. They play much faster, uh, normally up closer to 103. So um, like I said, they're not necessarily going to slow down, but they're going to be much less efficient without him, uh, that that him being Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, and definitely down the stretch, like you said, it's, it's going to be a much different team. So I definitely prefer uh, an under in, in this one as well. I think there's a, a bit of an overvalue there just because they think there's going to be a ton of pace. But like you've also been talking about the uh, the Hawks going under a bit more as of late, uh, especially on the road. So, And then we have the Nuggets at plus two and a half at the Clippers here, 225 total. And the line maybe is set as if Joker's not playing, but he's he already has props up, so he's apparently playing or definitely expected to play. Uh, he's listed as questionable with wrist injury management, so it's clearly an option for them when they want to rest him, if they're going to rest him. And uh, they host Orlando on Sunday, and the Nuggets have been a powerhouse at home. I could definitely see it being more likely that he sits for that one. I guess the fact that there are only 500 on the road maybe is why we have this number. Um, but it's not like the Clippers are dynamic at home. In fact, they are the worst offense in the league at home and generally a terrible offense uh, when they don't have everybody playing. And yes, like you mentioned, Paul George is out. So is Luke Kennard for what that's worth. Uh, in their last 11 without PG, Clippers are scoring 107 a game. They have a weak assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, they, you know, they're negative 5.5 on the net rating here. And they lost at home by 10 to Denver in November. Um, and that was with no Kawhi as well. But the, the point is what Denver's able to do offensively against this team, right? We, we talked the last time we took this matchup uh, last week uh, about how Joker owns Ivica Zubac. Uh, I mean, he, he owns everybody. The, the Nuggets own the Clips. They've won four straight with a 127 offensive rating uh, and a tw uh, like a 30 to 10 assist to turnover ratio, just lighting it up despite playing at the slower pace that the Clips probably want to play at. Uh, and in that last matchup, they had a 27 to 6 assist to turnover ratio. Again, just Joker dominating the game, uh, spreading the ball out however you want. I think it's I, I'm still fine if you get the surprise rule out that Joker's not playing. 
but Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and all that supporting cast that wasn't around the last couple of years when Joker was out, they're in. Uh, and they're expected to play, uh, you know, Bruce Brown, KCP. Like, the Nuggets are putting their stamp down as the best team in the West. And I don't think there's much of an argument right now as how they're playing the last couple of weeks. Um, and the Clippers are just like a, a, a freaking, as, as Zach Lowe puts it, a freaking science experiment of rest and, and injury management. Uh, they, they're, they're scoring 105 a game at home. Uh, they're in, going under an insane rate at home. And the last time they, they faced this team, they threw in the towel on the front end of a back-to-back in just like 18 minutes, basically. They were just like, okay, yeah, yeah we don't have a chance here. Um, I, I don't see this as a team. We often talk about the, the revenge, the bounce-back game. You know, we lost at your place. We'll come back. We'll beat you at our place. This is not that, that type of team that, that, that rallies and, you know, does that type of thing. I mean, this is a team that just goes through the motions throughout the regular season, hopes to get, you know, a three to six seed when it's all said and done and then see what happens. And Denver is just, is taking no prisoners right now. Uh, so, I mean, for them to be underdogs, even though it's on the road, uh, I think we're all over this one. Yeah, man. It's almost like, I'm, what am I missing? Like, I guess it's just that Joker might not play, but um even if he didn't play, like, would you put this at plus two and a half for the 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 clips, like in in the Nugs, you know, getting those points? I I don't think I would. It would at least be like a basically a pick 'em, I guess. But you know, I understand what Joker's on off numbers are. I understand that they're three and nine without him, you know, basically since like the twenty one season. But just look at who played, even when he was, you know, not in those games. There wasn't any Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. only played in uh, two of those games, I believe. And then uh, there was no Bruce Brown. There was no KCP, um, which is the most important, you know, two guys that I could really bring up in this instance. So I I guess, you know, they're just expecting him not to play. They're expecting the shock. We just saw Kawhi beat the Mavericks uh, almost single handedly um, and and really still need a pretty bad game from all of those Mavs role players on the road as we continue to see from them. Um, I'm not impressed by the Mavs. I'm not really impressed by that win. And I continue to wonder who would who's going to score for the Clippers no matter what. You talk about um, what they're doing at home, like you said, worst offense, worst field goal percentage, um, playing at a pretty normal pace for them. It's not like it's down in the 94s, like where the Mavs play. It's still around like 98, uh, no matter where they play. Uh, but they're, you know, it's just an anemic offense entirely, uh, not getting points in the paint as well. Um, you know, bottom 10 in rebounding as well, I should say. Um, and, and despite the fact that they are, you know, basically like the second or best defense at home in the league as well, only giving up about 105 points while scoring about 105.5, um, you know, it's a really, really good defense, but it's not getting points off of turnovers. There's no transition offense, uh, from those turn from, from the sort of good defense that they play, just sort of limiting what your best player does, but there's, you're not limiting, you know, Joker in this sense, if he's in, and if he's not, uh, that assist, you know, the assist percentage, which is second best only behind golden state for, for Denver. Um, it's obvious because obviously because they have Joker. Uh, but I would also add like when it's, you know, Jamal Murray, uh, playing a little bit more, maybe pick and roll with, with a few other guys, including Aaron Gordon, uh, and the like another guy that by the way, was not available for one of uh, a bunch of those games that Joker wasn't playing, uh, that they lost. Um, you know, I, I think they're still a pretty, pretty, 
pretty fiery offense. And maybe you see a little bit more pace from them trying to push things uh, and just get it and go, which they kind of do when Joker's in there anyway. Um, they just sort of wait for him to lumber up the court and the other guys are going and, and playing in transition, to be honest. So um, I, I don't really want to touch this total at 224 because of the, the, the contrasting sort of styles of play. Um, the Nuggets going over on the on the road, but the Nuggets offense is so much better at home as well. Their, their overs on the road are, are obviously because at home they're getting those 235 plus totals uh, and on the road, they're just not expected to get as many, um, which is a huge reason for why I, you know, it, it makes sense that they would continue uh, to, to get over on these lower totals. So it does seem like 224, if you're following the trend, like that's around one of those lower totals that you might, then you might see if you were playing this game in Denver, maybe you feel a little bit better about an over because of, uh, you know, the way that they're doing that um, a little bit more on the road, but more importantly, like I already hit this game as soon as I saw the the, the spread where it opened. I was like, this makes no sense. Woke up and it was a little bit better. Uh, it opened at like what minus one and a half for the Nuggets. And now it's at plus two and a half for the Nuggets. So uh, continue to feel really, really good about that. And, and you know, like, like we're saying, the, the ball movement uh, for, for Denver is just going to be too much of a problem. I think even, you know, for, for LA specifically in the fact that the Clippers aren't going to be able to keep up. Like who's scoring with them? If you look at, um, you know, the, who's getting points for them this season, they're going to need another huge game from Norman Powell, who's averaging 15. Marcus Morris is 13. And then Reggie Jackson, John Wall, both at 11. Zubak, despite his uh, terror that he went on for like three games, still only at 10 points a game. Uh, and, and it's just, it's going to be a game where they get dominated on the boards entirely uh, by the second best rebounding team in the league. And it's just all Denver. I'm, I'm the only thing holding me back from betting more is like, what am I missing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do think Kawhi bounces back from his stinker against Denver. Um, I mean, he you look at, he has a 134 offensive rating in his last seven and at least 126 in every game but that one and had kind of roasted Denver in 2020-21. So I, I think if Joker's in there, we might get the over. I'm not saying I'm going to bet on that, though, uh, the way the Clippers are played at home. It's just like too much of a zig when there's a zag here. And I think if Joker happens to sit, you could take the under uh, because I think the Nuggets will drop off in efficiency. But that being said, I, I I mean, he's supposed to play. You don't often see props up when a guy's like legitimately questionable. And the the Clippers defense, while good, they've they just had no answers for that particular man, for the two-time MVP who nobody has answers for. And I read off the numbers. Let me just do it again. Last four, 127 offensive rating, 123 points per game, 30 assists, nine turnovers as a team. Uh, and that's playing at a slow pace. So the Nuggets are going to be putting up 115 to 125 with, with Jokers out there. And the Clippers have not shown the ability to score that high, uh, especially at home. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, we, that's how you win games. You score more than the other team. And I, I just have to bring it up by my, my one buddy who I talk about betting with consistently, especially on the NBA, literally texted me while we're recording this asking, can you please tell me why the Nuggets are plus two against the Clippers? So I'm going to do a little bit more due diligence to see if I can find a reason. And I'll probably tweet it out if I find it and be like, caution, caution, game video seemed overconfident. But uh, as of right now, like it's hard to find a way that this that this game, you know, even if Kawhi does have an explosion of any kind, how are they keeping up with this Denver offense? That's one of the tops in the league right now. Right now no matter where it's playing so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, we're going shooting guard heavy here on the show uh, and starting with CJ McCollum, who has obviously had to step up for the Pels with no Brandon Ingram and no Zion Williamson in uh, his last five. I guess the first one was with Zion in there, but averaging 31 points per game shooting 53% from the floor with a 31.5% usage rate. And on the road, the last two, 35% usage in Washington, 37% in Boston. Now they're at Detroit, which, you know, while it's not as much of a challenge, I guess Detroit is just so, so bad on defense uh, lately. A 123 defensive rating in their last 11 home games. Opponents are scoring 124, and they're giving up the second most points to shooting guards over the last month. That's 27 a game. CJ's prop is at 26 and a half, which is high. But, I mean, he's not just the shooting guard for this team. He is the number one option uh, by a long shot. And um, he should be able – I mean, he, he especially thrives against, like, young, inexperienced players, right, with his deep bag of moves. So going up against Jaden Ivey, uh, Killian Hayes, and the like, he should be able to – get buckets with ease and it's minus five minus six for the Pels right now it's not necessarily expected to be a blowout so I think he gets his full slate of run if you want to get some better odds I mean the the points is like minus 115 um, you can go up one more point in a win at FanDuel 28 plus and that's plus 165 so I do think the Pelicans are going to win this game and, and CJ being a main reason why and a man, a man on fire as well, um, and someone who you know we we sort of I don't want to say we faded, but we didn't we were a little bit hesitant uh, to see how he was going to sort of fit in this season. He started out really really slow with the shooting, um, even when you know Bi and and, and Z, uh, Zion have been out, but uh, that has not been the case. We've sort of been also waiting for the turnaround, and I think you're right that it's time to bet on CJ. Uh, I love the 28 in in, in a win. Um, I, I love him to get the, the 27 for sure, which you can still get pretty good odds on, like you're saying, but, um, it, him to get 30, if you can find that it might be worth a little bit, of, a, a few, maybe a half unit on that as you put most of it on the points, uh, Detroit. So, 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 so bad on defense at home, but welcome back Boyan, uh, the other night so that he could come in and help them, uh, beat the Timberwolves, uh, with what, like 130 points or whatever they scored. So they, you know, really love the, the way that they play offense at home when, when Bogdanovich is in, um, and, and that's why I do. You think that they're they're gonna hang uh, a bit more this this is a pretty fair line um and even if the, the the pels are able to cover this like they're gonna be coming along for the ride as detroit on offense so feel pretty good about that um a game that uh we don't know if the spurs are gonna come along with the dubs for for the ride on offense but probably uh to be honest the way that things have have shaped out for the warriors on the road with that awful defense um eight and a half point spread but clay is at 22 and a half points i really just like a lot of guys in this one because of, of the points factor but minus 104 on FanDuel, really good odds that you, uh, Nate found there using that odds finder tool uh, to get 23 points for him with really good odds. The four threes, he has to get over three and a half there to hit minus 120 on that. Um, and it, I mean, he's been doing it. I think it's, we believe in him no matter what, even with Steph back. I think when Steph came back the other night, he 
still had a super high usage, but in terms of Steph, but so did uh, Clay, and even a higher usage than Jordan Poole, who also put up uh, more points than Clay because he was more efficient, but uh, was not uh, you know nearly as uh, with high as high of a volume as Clay is going to continue to get. Um, and you know Clay twenty nine points in that return. Um, I, I should say he had two more than Jordan Poole, but like a much higher usage. Uh, Ten for twenty four from the field, but like we said, with that thirty two percent, you know, putting up the ball plenty uh, in his last six. Obviously, only one of those with Steph, but we just told you why it's not of concern that Steph is back. 33 a game in his last six on 46, 41% from deep uh, and 91% from the field, getting there a few more times than he was earlier in the season. Uh, 31% usage in those. Um, and like we said, the Spurs, 121 defensive rating in their last 12 at home. They allow about 120 a game there. Uh, second most points to shooting guards on the season. Eighth most three-pointers uh, to shooting guards as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a good matchup for Clay. He, he actually had a really good game back. Uh, only played them once since he you know went down and missed like 800 days of basketball. Uh, but 24 points on 9 of 22 from there and, and 50% uh, from 3, making 6 threes in that one. So lots to like for him with the shooting uh, and, and the fact that he's going to continue to get usage, especially as, as Steph needs to continue to wear his like, bionic shoulder pads to uh, you know protect him. Uh, you still can expect Clay to be putting up the ball 20-plus times. Yeah, I mean, Steph being back isn't a negative. In fact, it's a positive for Clay. It, yeah. It's you know he opens the floor up. Clay has made his 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 living on offense, um, getting open shots because of what Steph Curry can do. Because what Jordan Poole has has learned how to do in the absence of Steph, and it seems like Clay has finally gotten his swagger back, finally gotten back to full speed during Steph's absence here. So I think we continue to ride him. This is, I feel real confident about this one at just twenty two points. Um, and another shooting guard uh, who might be playing a little more point guard tonight, Jalen Green, because Kevin Porter Jr. had to leave last game with a foot injury. And we don't really have much of a sample size of Jalen without KPJ uh, because they've just basically been in tandem together, soaking up usage for a bad Houston team. He did take 25 shots uh, after KPJ left and got 26 points, despite only hitting nine of those field goals. He played 39 minutes in the 20-point loss. We've talked about it all the time. You are just attacking the usage rate and the attempts when it comes to Jalen Green uh, to get 25-plus points, or you get better odds if you go 26 points at FanDuel. Uh, He's averaging 30 in his last three against the Kings now, and again, not shooting well, 39% from the floor, but he's averaging 25 field goal attempts, just like the last game. Um, You know, gets to the line, pretty consistently, which is how the Rockets try to score. And this game, I mean, this matchup two nights ago was played at a 106 pace. Got to 240. Uh, Should be plenty of stats to go around here. And while the Kings have a number of guys who can put it up, the Rockets are really, you know, it's it's Jalen as their playmaker, especially with KPJ out. He's going to get as many shots as he feels like taking. And I'm sure he's going to feel like taking a lot. Um, and and honestly, even though there's not much of a sample size without him, if you look at um, you know when they're on the court together, it does seem like Kevin Porter Jr. has been getting a bit more uh, of the ball, a lot more dominant than, than Jalen in terms of being on ball. Uh, and when either of these guys have the ball, you can put them at point guard, you can put them at shooting guard, they're shoot first, right? Uh, and so if, if Kevin Porter Jr. is not in there to eat up any of Jalen Green's usage, then yeah, I think you feel really good that he, he's going to be able to get over 25 points a 
against a Kings team that, to be honest, like just spanked them. Um, and you know, I, I do think there's the the opportunity for them to spank them again and probably start resting guys a little bit sooner and just being like, get this rookie, you know, this G League team out of here uh, and let's start playing uh, some real com- com- competition, especially when the Kings are at home where they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, using that game theory, I also love the rook on their side, uh, Keegan Murray. I've just been waiting to be able to take him. I think we tr- we tried him at the beginning of the season when he was actually playing well and the team was not playing well. Then he started re- you know receding in, in terms of his production. The team started playing better and then they've started to mix him in over the course of the last like honestly like 15, 20 games. He's been really good, averaging 13 in those uh, in that time frame uh, and making more uh, three threes on six attempts as well. Um, it really, it's just like I said, you know, he, they just played this team um, and you know he he scored uh, what he, he just had 16 in that game with four made threes, four for 11 from deep, um, and you know the 34 minutes is what I look at as well. Um, in his last five, you know he's gotten he's actually only gotten 30 minutes twice in his last five, including that one against um, uh, Houston that he just played, but he's still averaging 14 points, uh, four assists as well, and then about three and a half made threes on 56 percent uh, over the course of those last five games as well. Um, and really, the correlation here is like get him the minutes, uh, and is he playing a, a team on you know that that the the Kings can give him more minutes and trust him um, to to be in the game in the in more crucial situations to get him to closer to 32 minutes. Um, and when they're playing teams like Charlotte, L.A., Detroit, um, you know Washington, uh, those types of teams, even Utah, Atlanta, um, you know he's getting the close to 30 minutes. He's getting the points and he's getting the three pointers made. Um, and, and when he's playing teams like Denver, Memphis, um, and and Toronto, Philly, those teams not much production there, not many minutes, not really trusted to be on the floor quite as much. So, you know, Houston's allowing the, the third most points per game to small forwards, the second most three-pointers made to small forwards. Uh, and I think it's an opportunity to get him a, a lot of minutes uh, and, and easily get over that 13 and a half. And then the two and a half threes as well, uh, really like him to make three tonight. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, it's an opportunity for Sacramento to rest veterans like Harrison Barnes um, and and maybe give Sabonis a little bit of a time off as well. I mean, they were surprisingly only up five at halftime in this matchup two nights ago, and then they just hit the gas and, and blew them out. Uh, we'll see how this one goes tonight. But, yeah, they should be able to, to get lots of different guys' touches and showcase that depth against a Houston team that, that has none. Yeah, and, and when Kevin Porter Jr. went out in that game uh, is also pretty directly correlated to when that uh, that Houston offense just fell in the in the tank, uh, and that was why Sack was able to pull away and actually cover the nine and a half. So that is all the time we have for you. Looking to go eight and zero oh the last two days of this week uh, to wrap things up for you guys with player props. Continue to follow along with us. We are coming back to you on Monday, and until we see you next, happy betting. 